Latter-day Truth Bomb with your host, Aaron Clute. And how is it going, everyone? It is Sunday, April 4th, 2021. It is Easter, and good to be here with you all. It's been a while since I've done an episode here. Uh, in this episode, I have prepared some things and some thoughts about when is fighting justified, meaning war and battle, what have you. Uh, there's a lot of tension and division building up in our country right now. Um, the, the government, the powers that be, the secret combinations, they're, they're really working overtime to keep us all divided and just at each other's throats. It's really sad. Um, but we have to make sure we, we can't just, uh, the powers that be like, they're really pushing the Ameri- the good Patriots back into a corner where they want us to quote unquote, fire the first shot, if you will. And I am not one to condone violence unless it's strictly in self-defense for preserving your lives or your family's lives. Uh, but they really are pushing the good people back into a corner and, at some point, something's going to have to give. Um, I, I do feel I kind of understand how the founding fathers felt. You know, the, you know, you you can't work with these people. <laughs> you know, the, the King of England. You know, back in their day, you can't. You know, they listed off, and I'm going to read here in a minute just the the first opening paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. But you know, they go on after the, the intro, intro, uh, intro paragraphs to list off all their stuff. Uh, you know, to, just showing, hey, he's done. You know, the king's done this and this and this. We can't work with these people. That's exactly how I feel with our government right now, and I know I'm not the only one out there. And I'm only one person. I'm. I can't. I can't do nothing by myself. It's going to have to be a group effort. People will have to come together and you know, strengthen numbers. Uh, with God at the forefront. Anyways, I'm, I wanted to start this off here with like uh, the introduction paragraphs to the Declaration of Independence. I just a lot of these lines. These the founding fathers are just so wise. I, I love reading. Um, all these these things um, from the past and the founding of our country. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And before I go on, I, this is exactly how I feel. Like you know, there's scriptures where in the Doctrine and Covenants where it talks about at, you know at that hour, you know God's going to do a complete separation with, of the righteous and the wicked. And I I think I've said this before. I believe we're in the beginning stages of that with this this COVID hoax and all this, all this division going on in the world. Everyone's, we've come to the time where everyone has to make a choice. <laughs> are you on God's side or are you on the world's and the devil's side? There, there's no more time to be lukewarm. And uh, the good, the good American people and the Patriots out there, they, we have a, a list a mile long <laughs> uh, to, you know, declare the causes which impel us for the separation. We have a, missed a, a list a mile long. Okay, so I'll continue here. 
We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And I'm going to pause here and just give thoughts as I go. So the main purpose of our federal government, which the states established, they, they you know, formed it, and the federal government only has as much power as the states allow them, and they have way too much, and they've whipped up some in their minds they think they have and they don't, uh, that to secure these rights. So the main purpose of the government is to secure our rights of what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That, that's it. <laughs> deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, meaning they receive their just powers from us, the American people, the voters. So all this, these power trips these people are on, it's completely unconstitutional, illegal, crimes against humanity, whatever you want to call it. So they have perverted their purpose. So therefore, they are null and void. If they're breaking their oath that they swore to to uphold and defend the Constitution, they're done. They have no power. They have no authority. They need to be removed, even if it's physically removed. And I continue. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, meaning life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So whenever the time comes when any form of government, like we have now, this tyrannical, completely out-of-control government, becomes destructive of these ends where they're not upholding their oath to the Constitution to defend our rights and liberties and our freedoms, they're, that's the last thing on their mind. <laughs> We have it says we have every right as the as the people to alter or to abolish it, and it's coming down. You can't work within the court system. You cannot vote these people out. That's why I keep telling friends and family you can't vote these people out. And and I, I'm to the point where I will not vote for. I don't vote for the lesser of two evils. I, I'm not going to vote Republican just because I'm a constitutional conservative, you know, God fearing American. And I love my guns and everything else. I'm, I'm not going to vote a Republican because most of these guys, they're, they're no different than, than the Democrats. They just have different means how they accomplish stuff. But they're no different. <laughs> so you can't, we can't work within the system. So I, I really do understand and see why the Founding Fathers, they didn't want to go to war with the, the mega empire, Great Britain at the time. But they, they, you know, they, put, they got pushed back into a corner where they had no other choice. All right. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable. Just like how we're experiencing now with these lockdowns and these mandates, these evils that are sufferable, like we can tolerate it for so long, that to, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, sounds all too familiar right now, <laughs> it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. 
So it is the right of the people to alter, to abolish tyrannical government, and it's our duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards and set up new government that is in agreement and harmony with the Constitution, which in the Doctrine and Covenants, God says it's justifiable before him, and he raised up wise men to this very purpose and established the Constitution of our land. All this stuff is just very applicable to what's going on right now. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. And I, I stop there. <laughs> I don't list off. I'm not going to read the whole Declaration of Independence, but th- that those opening paragraphs are just spot on. I mean, they, they told us, I, I believe the Declaration of Independence, it's just as important as the Constitution. Uh, you know, I, I believe it was Ben Franklin that said, if, if we don't, you know, if we don't hang together, we're all going to hang separately. <laughs> and they knew that they'd sign their own death warrant with the, with this. So they knew if they, if the, they didn't win the war, they, they were done, <laughs> you know, but there was d- divine intervention and that fought these battles for him. We were able to form this great nation. All right. So in the, the RLDS doctrine and covenants, I'm going to be reading a lot here. Doctrine and Covenants, section 95, 4B through 7G. Uh, the Lord explains when we are justified to go to battle. Verily I say unto you that I, the Lord, will chasten them and will do whatsoever I list if they do not repent and observe all things whatsoever I have said unto them. And again I say unto you, if you observe to do whatsoever I command you, I, the Lord, will turn away all wrath and indignation from you and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So he'll command us. That's one of the key words there, whatsoever I command you. Now I speak unto you concerning your families. If men will smite you or your families once, and you bear it patiently and revile not against them, neither seek revenge, ye shall be rewarded. But if you bear it not patiently, it shall be accounted unto you as being meted out a just measure unto you. And again, if your enemy shall smite you the second time, you and you revile not against your enemy and bear it patiently, your reward shall be an hundredfold. And again, if he shall fight, smite you the third time, <clears throat> and ye bear it patiently, your reward shall be double unto your unto you fourfold. And these three testimonies, testimonies shall stand against your enemy if he repent not, and shall not be blotted out. And now verily I say unto you, if that enemy shall escape my vengeance, and that he be not brought into judgment before me, then ye shall see to it that ye warn him in my name, that he come no more upon you, neither upon your family, even your children's children, unto the third and fourth generations. So we're supposed to be patient in all these times. We're not just supposed to go out and start fighting even after the first time. This this is the patience of the saints, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. And then if he shall come upon you or your children or your children's children unto the third and fourth generation, I have delivered thine enemy into thine hands. And then if thou wilt spare him, thou shalt be rewarded for thy righteousness and also thy children and thy children's children unto the third and fourth generation. Nevertheless, thine enemy is in thine hands 
And if thou reward him according to his works, thou art justified, meaning you're allowed to, God's allowing you to go out to battle at that point. You're, ju- you're justified if you go out against him. Uh, if, he, if he has sought thy life, and thy life is endangered by him, thine enemy is in thine hands, and thou art justified. So only if the, if these, the enemy has sought our lives, meaning this is self-defense we're talking about here. We're not going out looking for a fight. Uh, Behold, this is the law I gave unto my servant Nephi and thy father Joseph and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and all mine ancient prophets and apostles. And again, this is the law that I gave unto mine ancients that they should not go out unto battle against any nation, kindred, tongue, or people, save I the Lord commanded them. So once again, we have to be commanded and he will justify us in this. And if any nation, tongue, or people should proclaim war against them, they should first lift a standard of peace unto that people, nation, or tongue. And if that people did not accept the offering of peace, neither the second nor third time, they should bring these testimonies before the Lord. So there's a lot of patience here. <laughs> We're supposed to not, I mean, going out to battle is, the, is absolutely the last thing, and then the Lord will command it. All right, so bring these testimonies before the Lord. Th- then I, the Lord, would give unto them a commandment and justify them in going out to battle against that nation, tongue, or people. And I, the Lord, would fight their battles and their children's battles and their children's children until they have avenged themselves on all their enemies to the third and fourth generation. So if we can suffer and bear through those things in patience, the Lord will command us, he'll justify us, and then he's going to fight the battles for us. <laughs> uh, there's there's many, many scriptures in the Book of Mormon, uh, especially like Alma in the, the war chapters, about how how they had the strength of the Lord, and and they just they'd go out to war against the Lamanites, and, and the Lamanites didn't stand a chance. And then there's other you know, other verses in the Book of Mormon when they didn't have the strength of the Lord, and they were wicked, and they go out to battle, and they <laughs> they would you know get destroyed. All right, behold, and I go on to six F here. Behold, this is an end sample unto all people, saith the Lord your God, for justification before me. And again, verily I say unto you, if after thine enemy has come upon thee the first time, he repent and come unto thee, praying thy forgiveness, thou shalt forgive him, and shall hold it no more as a testimony against thine enemy. And so on unto the second and the third time, and as oft as thine enemy repenteth of the trespass, trespass wherewith he has trespassed against thee, thou shalt forgive him until seventy times seven. And if he transgress against thee and repent not the first time, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he trespass against thee the second time and repent not, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he trespass against thee the third time and repent not, thou shalt also forgive him. But if he trespass against thee the fourth time, thou shalt not forgive him, but, uh, but shall bring these testimonies before the Lord." And they shall not be blotted out until he repent and reward thee fourfold in all things wherewith he has trespassed against you. And if he do this, thou shalt forgive him with all thine heart. And if he do not this, I, the Lord, will avenge thee of thine enemy an hundredfold, and upon his children, and upon his children's children, of all them that hate me unto the third and fourth generation. But if the children shall repent, or the children's children, and turn unto the Lord their God with all their hearts and with all their might, mind, and strength, and restore fourfold for all their trespasses wherewith they have trespassed, 
or wherewith their fathers have trespassed, or their fathers' fathers, then thine indignation shall be turned away, and vengeance shall no more come upon them, saith the Lord your God. And their trespasses shall never be brought any more as a testimony before the Lord against them. Amen. So the Lord goes into great detail there when, when we're justified to go into battle. He really just explains it all, like every every situation scenario. So it's a lot of patience and forgiveness, and and this fighting and bloodshed is really the last thing, unless the enemy just will not stop, and they do not want peace at all. And then we can bring those testimonies before the Lord. All right, let's see. In the next scriptures I have here, I'm going to just kind of be in the Book of Mormon here mainly. Okay, uh, Alma chapter 20, verses 50 and 52. And this is the kind of mindset we need to have. We're, we're not supposed to, we should not be bloodthirsty at all about fighting. It's, it's really just, it's strictly self-defense as a last-ditch effort, you know, worst-case scenario. Uh, Alma chapter 20, verses 50, 52. Okay, nevertheless, the Nephites were inspired by a better cause. They're warring with the Lamanites here. For they were not fighting for monarchy nor power, but they were fighting for their homes and their liberties, their wives and their children and their all, yea, for their rights of worship and their church. And they were doing that which they felt was the duty which they owed to their God. For the Lord had said unto them and also unto their fathers, that inasmuch as ye are not guilty of the first offense, neither the second, ye shall not suffer yourselves to be slain by the hands of your enemies. And again the Lord has said that ye shall defend your families even unto bloodshed. Therefore, for this cause were the Nephites contending with the Lamanites to defend themselves and their families and their lands, their country and their rights and their religion. So it says to defend themselves. So, so this was self-defense. And like verse 40 or 51 said, uh, in as much as you're not guilty of the first offense, meaning self killing and self-defense, neither the second. And then it says you shall not suffer or allow yourselves to be slain by the hands of your enemy. So, so the, the Lord, there's a difference between murder in cold blood and having to kill or, or stop, neutralize the threat in self-defense. And, and the Lord knows that. And, uh, and, and, you know, and the Lord even says that you shall defend your families even unto bloodshed. And, and once again, this is only defending themselves, their families, their, their land, their country, and for their rights and their freedoms and liberties and their church and whatnot. So it, it's not just going out and fighting just <laughs> because we want to take over a kingdom or something or a nation. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Alma chapter 21, verses 131 through 140. See, and this, this is Captain Moroni here. And thus he was preparing to support their liberty, their lands, their wives, and their children, and their peace, that they might live unto the Lord their God, and that they might maintain that which was called by their enemies the cause of Christians. And Moroni was a strong and a mighty man, and he was a man of perfect understanding, yea, a man that did not delight in bloodshed, a man whose soul did joy in the liberty and the freedom of his country and his brethren from bondage and slavery. Yea, a man whose heart did swell with thanksgiving to his God for the many privileges and blessings which he bestowed upon his people. 
a man who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of his people. Kind of sounds like the opposite of our politicians here. Yea, and he was a man who was firm in the faith of Christ, and he had sworn an oath, kind of like most of our politicians have, but they don't uphold it, uh, sworn an oath to defend his people, his rights, and his country, and his religion, even to the loss of his blood. Now the Nephites were taught to defend themselves against their enemies, even to the shedding of blood, if it were necessary. Yea, and they were also taught never to give an offense, yea, and never to raise the sword, except it were against an enemy, except it were to preserve their lives. So right, right there, it's all about self-defense, and only if it's necessary. And this was their faith, that by so doing, God would prosper them in the land. Or in other words, if they were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would prosper them in the land, yea, warn them to flee or to prepare for war according to their danger. And also that God would make it known unto them whither they should go to defend themselves against their enemies, and by so doing the Lord would deliver them, or fight their battles, if you will, like the Doctrine and Covenant says. And this was the faith of Moroni. And his heart did glory in it, not in the shedding of blood, but in doing good, in, in preserving his people, yea, in keeping the commandments of God, yea, and resisting iniquity. Yea, verily, verily, I say unto you, if all men had been and were and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Every time I read this, it just it just, it just makes me wish that we were a worthy people to have leadership like Captain Moroni or, or Captain uh, Gigadoni with the, with the Gadiant and robbers in that time. It's just... We're we're just uh, we're a very wicked nation, and so we're not worthy to have this kind of leadership in our government. Uh, another scripture was kind of in that in that same chapter in that area, in Alma twenty one, verse one forty six. Now they were sorry to take up arms against the Lamanites because they did not delight in the shedding of blood. Yea, and this was not all. They were sorry to be the means of sending so many of their brethren out of this world into an eternal world unprepared to meet their God. And those of us that are Christians and also believe the Book of Mormon as a second witness of Christ, that, that's, that's the attitude we should have too. You know, we should be, violence should be the last thing on our mind and we should be sorry to have to do that, especially when we have the fullness of the gospel and so many of these people out in the world don't. And you know, they don't, we, we have the advantage because we know about the, you know, the afterlife and all, you know, the different glories in the different, you know, the kingdoms in the, on the other side. And it's just, we, we should, you know, feel sorry if it ever comes to that. I really hope I don't see this in my, my day. Um, but yeah, that we, that's the mindset we should have. We should be sorry. We, we, we shouldn't even want to do this. I mean, it's the most, it's the, the worst case scenario. All right, uh, Third Nephi, and this this is getting into the Gadianton robbers here. Third Nephi, uh, chapter one, verses forty-eight through fifty-three, and this sounds—it's literally describing. I think we're living these verses right now in the, on the same land here. And it came to pass in the thirteenth year there began to be wars and contentions throughout all the land, for the Gadianton robbers had become so numerous and did slay so many of the people, and did lay waste so many cities, and did spread so much death and carnage throughout the land, 
that it became expedient that all the people, both the Nephites and the Lamanites, should take up arms against them. Therefore, all the Lamanites who had become converted unto the Lord did unite with their brethren the Nephites and were compelled for the safety of their lives and their women and their children to take up arms against those Gadianton robbers. So once again, this was a self-defense situation. And that, it, like I said, that it became expedient that all the people. So that's how awful the situation was. <laughs> and I, th- I think, like I said, I believe we're living these two verses right now. Um, I don't, I don't want to see it turn into a civil war here on this land. But I've read a lot of stuff from these old timers in the RLDS Church where they they've seen the civil war and the death and destruction that I think we're about ready to experience here, sadly. Um, but these Gadianton robbers, these secret combinations, and I, like I said, in my, my Gadianton presentation, that I, my first one I did a while back here, uh, it's not, the Gadianton robbers were not, I don't believe, were just all politicians in political offices or, or in the judgment, the judges' seats, you know. Um, I believe it included all those that supported it. Um, I believe they're, they're, the Gadianton robbers were simply ancient communists, and they were a secret combination, but they were, they were all communists. Um, and they had their followers and supporters from the, from the rising generations of the, the Zoramites and the Lamanites and the Nephites. They were even able to seduce the more part of the Nephites and, and the righteous to come down and, and to believe them. So I would compare that to nowadays with our politicians on both sides that are pushing these agendas that we see now with this COVID stuff. And it's all their supporters. And I mean, there's even, you know, good church church going people, conservatives. It's not just a bunch of liberals on the left. Um, I mean, sadly, a lot of my, our own church people have bought into this stuff. It's really sad, but I think that's what made up the vast majority of how the, the where it says the Gadianton robbers became so numerous. I, I believe it was all the, 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 the general public. It wasn't just a bunch of politicians because they were able to, to, to defy the whole armies of the Nephites. It said, so that'd be a lot of politicians <laughs> if it was just politicians. <clears throat> so, yeah, once again, that's all about self-defense. They were compelled uh, for the safety of their lives and their women and their children. All right, and then it goes on, Yea, and also to maintain their rights and their privileges of their church and of their worship and their freedom and their liberty. Let's think about what has taken place since March of 2020. They tried to shut down the churches, and I mean, they, they've really been going after Christians. And, and the Jewish folks out east in New York, they've had a big mess on their hands too. But they've really, they shut down the churches. So here it says to maintain their rights and their privileges of their church. So this is all about maintaining freedom and liberty and self-defense. That's, that's all it is. We have, that's the only time we are going to be justified. And it came to pass that before this 13th year had passed away, the Nephites were threatened with utter destruction because of this war, which had become exceeding sore. And it came to pass that those Lamanites who had united with the Nephites were numbered among the Nephites, and their curse was taking, taken from them. And their skin became white like unto the Nephites, and their young men and their daughters became exceeding fair. And they were numbered among the Nephites and were called Nephites, and thus ended the 13th year. And that's another thing I went over. We all got to be humble and be one in Christ. And, and that, that's, that's a part of him fighting our battles for us. Uh, third Nephi chapter two, uh, 15 through 28. 
Now behold, this Laconius, the governor, was a just man and could not be frightened by the demands and the threatenings of a robber. Um, this was the verses before this was the epistle from Gideon High. So this this is his response, and therefore he did not hearken to the epistle of Gideon High, the governor of the robbers. But he did cause that his people should cry unto the Lord for strength, strength of the Lord, against the time that the robbers should come down against them. Yea, he sent a proclamation among all the people that they should gather together their women and their children, their flocks and their herds, and all their substance, save it were their land, unto one place. So unite together, be one in Christ, and be in one body. And he caused that fortifications should be brought or built round about them and the strength thereof should be exceeding great. And he caused that there should be armies, both of the Nephites and the Lamanites, or of all them who were numbered among the Nephites, should be placed as guards round about to watch them and to guard them from the robbers day and night. Yea, he said unto them, As the Lord liveth, except ye repent of all your iniquities, and cry unto the Lord, that they could in no wise be delivered out of the hands of those Gadianton robbers. So we got to be repent of all our iniquities. And so great was so great and marvelous were the words and prophecies of Laconius that they did cause fear to come upon all the people, and they did exert themselves in their might. And exert means to make a physical or mental effort. They did exert themselves in in their might to do according to the words of Laconius. And it came to pass that Laconius did appoint chief captains over all the armies of the Nephites to command them at the time that the robbers should come down out of the wilderness against them. Now the chiefest among all the chief captains and the great commander of all the armies of the Nephites was appointed, and his name was Gigadoni. Now it was the custom among all the Nephites to appoint for their chief captains, save it were in their times of wickedness, someone that had the spirit of revelation and also prophecy. Therefore this Gigadoni was a great prophet among them and also was the chief judge. And when I read these verses, I... Just like with Captain Moroni, I, I, we're not worthy to have this kind of leadership. <laughs> uh, if our if our nation was righteous enough, and we were worthy to have, uh, our, you know, four star, five star general, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> or a president, I guess even, you know, commander in chief over all the armies and stuff. If we were worthy to have a, a prophet, <laughs> or and you know, chief judge, or, also, or or a great prophet like how Gigadoni was. I, we we wouldn't be in, in all these endless wars. We wouldn't have all these messes that we are that we're involved in now. Now the people said to, unto Gigadoni, "Pray unto the Lord and let us go up upon the mountains and into the wilderness, that we may fall upon the robbers and destroy them in their own lands." But Gigadoni saith unto them, "The Lord forbid, for if we should go up against them, the Lord would deliver us into their hands." Therefore we will prepare ourselves in the center of our lands, and we will gather all our armies together, and we will not go against them, but we will wait till they shall come against us. Therefore, as the Lord liveth, if we do this, he will deliver them into our hands. And so that right there, it's got to be in self-defense. Don't go looking out, go out, don't go out looking for a fight. Because I mean, Gigadoni was—he straight up told him, "If we do this, God's going to deliver us into their hands, and we'll be destroyed." <laughs> That's how this is going to work. So, so the people were already had it. The people had had enough of it. They're obviously sick of this, you know, this Gadianton robbers, you know, uh, you know, doing their thing and spread, sp- spreading all kinds of death and carnage. They were sick of it, so they wanted to go hunt them down and say, "Let's get it over with." 
you know, take the fight to them. And, they're like, and Gabe Godoni said, nope. <laughs> so we got to be patient in these things. You know, like I said, it says we will wait till they shall come against us. And then the Lord will deliver them in, into our hands. It's got to be done God's way or, or we'll fail. All right. And later on in third Nephi here, more Gadian stuff. Uh, chapter 2, verses 52 through 57. And it came to pass that the armies of the Nephites, when they saw the appearance of the army of Gideonhi, had all fallen to the earth and did lift their cries to the Lord their God, that he would spare them and deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. And it came to pass that when the armies of Gideonhi saw this, they began to shout with a loud voice because of their joy, for they had supposed that the Nephites had fallen with fear because of the terror of their, of their armies. But in this thing they were disappointed, for the Nephites did not fear them, but they did fear their God, and did supplicate him for protection. And supplicate means to ask or beg for something earnestly or humbly. So they're begging God for his protection. Therefore, when the armies of Gideon High did rush upon them, they were prepared to meet them. Yea, in the strength of the Lord, they did receive them. And the battle commenced in this the sixth month. And I, I think that was, uh, according to the Jewish calendar, like the first month of the year is April. So I think it was like in September or August sometime, if I remember right. Uh, and great and terrible was the battle thereof. Yea, great and terrible was the slaughter thereof, insomuch that there never was known so great a slaughter among all the people of Lehi since he left Jerusalem. And notwithstanding the threatenings and the oaths which Gideonhi had made, behold, the Nephites did beat them, insomuch that they did fall back from before them. And that's because they were humble, they prayed to God for protection, and they waited for the enemy to come up against them. All right. And this is this is after the ba- the big battle with the robbers was over. Uh third Nephi chapter two verses seventy five through eighty one. And I'm about done here. And there were many thousands who did yield themselves up prisoners unto the Nephites. I mean the robbers and the remainder of them were slain, and their leader, Zemnarihah, was taken and hanged upon a tree, yea, even upon the top thereof, until he was dead. And when they had hanged him until he was dead, they did fell the tree to the earth, so they cut it down, and did cry with a loud voice, saying, May the Lord preserve his people in righteousness and in holiness of heart, that they may cause to be filled to the earth all who shall seek to slay them because of power and secret combinations, even as this man hath been felled to the earth. And they did rejoice and cry again with one voice, saying, May the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob protect this people in righteousness so long as they shall call on the name of their God for protection. And about that, uh, where they hanged him and and then they they felled the tree of the earth, I've looked into it and uh, like a, a Jewish or Hebrew custom back in those days, when they would hang hang somebody, they would cut the tree down so there would be nothing there to remind them. There would be no remembrance of what happened there. So with, with in this case, Zemnariha, they hanged him they, they, until he was dead. And then they cut the tree down and, you know, did whatever they did with the tree and his body and because they, they didn't want anyone to remember anything that happened that took place there. Just, just get it out of here. It's not worth remembering. So that, that, that kind of makes sense. 
And it came to pass that they did break forth all as one, one body, and singing and praising their God for the great thing which he had done for them, and preserving them from falling into the hands of their enemies. Yea, they did cry, Hosanna to the Most High God, and they did cry, Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty, the Most High God. And their hearts were swollen with joy unto the gushing out of many tears, because of the great goodness of God in delivering them out of the hands of their enemies. And they knew it was because of their repentance and their humility that they had been delivered from an everlasting destruction. So that right there, we repent of all our sins, become one in Christ and unite, and we're humble, humble before him. Don't go out looking for a fight and do all the things the Lord listed off where we're justified, then he'll command us to, to go out and we'll have the strength of the Lord to fight our battles. And here's some, here's some scriptures, uh, just a couple of scriptures here. What happens when you're not justified to go out to fight? So in the, in the, in Mormon, in the book of Mormon, in the book of Mormon, <laughs> uh, chapter two, verses five and six, and this is, you know, later on near the end here where they, uh, were warring with the Lamanites again. And it was because the armies of the Nephites went up to, unto the Lamanites that they began to be smitten. For were it not for that, the Lamanites could have no power over them. But behold, the judgments of God will overtake the wicked, and it is by the wicked that the wicked are punished. For it is the wicked that stir up the hearts of the children of men unto bloodshed. So in the verse 5 there, Basically, it's basically saying that the Nephites went up unto the Lamanites to fight them, and they were not commanded or justified, and that's why it said they began to be smitten. And it says, for not for were it not for that, if they didn't go up against them, the Lamanites wouldn't have any power over them. So they tried to take the fight to them, and it went against them, backfired on them. Let's see. And then the next verse you know, that I just read, it's the wicked. It is by the wicked that the wicked are punished. And, it, and there, there's other verses, there's other things where, you know, the wicked will slay the wicked. And uh, in, in the book of Helaman, chapter 3, verse 25, For behold, thus saith the Lord, I will not show unto the wicked of my strength to one more than the other, save it be unto those who repent of their sins and hearken to my word, unto my words. That's what the Nephites did. <laughs> and that's how they knew, <laughs> that's how they knew they were able to defeat the robbers because the repentance and the humility And in uh, in that Hel- verse in Helaman, basically you know, we know that God is not a respecter of persons, so that's why He said, "I will not show unto the wicked of my strength one more than the other." And and the Lord, you know, the Lord works within nature, and that includes within the armies of the earth. And so, like in the Old Testament, there's scriptures where it refers to Nebuchadnezzar as my servant. The Lord's referring to him as my servant. <laughs> So we don't understand all God's purposes, but he he will use anyone, any any nation, even if it's another wicked, idolatrous nation. He'll use those, to, even even these secret combinations right now going on with this COVID hoax and, and this one world government they're trying to set up. And, and now we have these COVID pass things. And I think it's just one more step closer to the mark of the beast. Um. But he's he's allowing all, all this to happen. We don't see the bigger, you know, we can't always see the bigger picture, and we don't know we don't know his ways. But he he at some point he's gonna he's going to come out in power against these secret combinations, and he's gonna turn it all against them, and uh, it'll it'll be undeniable when he moves. I believe. Um, 
here's another, here's something I wanted to kind of end it with here. Um, I was texting my dad a while back and, um, just about all these, we're talking about how this, this, this COVID thing, it's just really leading to global enslavement. You know, this is that I, I was saying stuff like that to him, how, you know, how we're really starting to see this, this whole thing play out. It's really just a global enslavement, global tyranny. And, and uh, you know, I got a screenshot of this text here and he said, he said, just like the Israelites, only God can save us. And I said, yep, uh, all of these places and people are combined against us. And that was me back to him. And then he, then he responded back and said, that's how God loves it, when all odds are against him. It's when he does his best work. <laughs> and that, that, really is just, that really is a good response. <laughs> I, I I do I agree with that completely. It, you know, that is how he probably loves it. Just like with the, uh, you know, the children of Israel, they're backed up against the Red Sea, and then their enemy, you know, Pharaoh and his army, are right there on the other side. They haven't blocked in, and then we know how that worked out for Pharaoh's army. <laughs> so, whatever these secret combinations and Satan are trying to pull, they they don't know God's ways, and he's he's he is all power and all glory. And he's one of these days. He's going to unleash fury against all this and uh, avenge himself of all his enemies here. And I do believe that if we just do those things that I went over, don't go out looking for a fight. Be humble. Be one in Christ, uh, and pray for His protection. He will fight our battles for us. He'll send angels to protect us, and things we couldn't even imagine. Everything's possible with God. So uh, with all that, um, I just wanted to close it here. And I hope everyone uh, had a good Easter and I hope everyone has a good week and take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.